All right, everybody, get your bed slips out. It's time to make some choices because Mike Randall and I are here with the pre-snap wagering show, and it starts right now. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast weekly wagering show brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now here are your hosts, Joe Pizzapia and Mike Randall. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the LineStar app. It's me, and it's Mike Randall, and we are talking NFL picks. We're talking spreads. We're talking overs, unders, everything in between. Mike Randall, we're getting closer and closer to the Thanksgiving games, and we will certainly be here next week early for you, so we get all that information out for you. And I'm curious, Mike, uh, Thanksgiving, have you ever had one of those great betting Thanksgiving holidays where you you bet on all three games or you made some wagers there, and by uh, the end you were thankful for a lot of things? Oh, absolutely, my friend. I mean, I remember watching Keenan Allen run all over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That was <laughs> totally that enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we can we can even go back to the, uh, the the snow game against the Dolphins when the football got kicked in the field goal. There's been a lot of fun uh, betting opportunities on Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, definitely. There have been also some classic Thanksgiving moments as well. So we'll definitely uh, have some fun with that next week. But the holidays aren't here yet. Because Sunday is our real holiday, and we got a lot of games to get to. We got a ton of one o'clock games, two four o'clocks, and then some evening contests. So good football. We already had basically a playoff game last night, Mike, and I've been saying it all week. I felt like the whoever won that game was going to win that division, and somehow Bill O'Brien always pulls the rabbit out of his hat. I feel like you know, I feel like this guy never gets fired because he always makes the playoffs every year, and it's hard to fire a coach who makes the playoffs every year, but. I'll tell you, I just, I don't feel good about the Texans again. I think they're another, you know, they'll get in there and then they'll be balanced. And I think, I guess Indianapolis can only deal with so many adversities in one year. Yeah, especially with T.Y. Hilton obviously being hampered. He normally destroys Houston. He made that statement earlier this year, I own this building. Normally he does. Last night really didn't perform that well. Three catches, 18 yards. He obviously was was sidelined. They didn't have, a you know, Marlon Mack. A lot of issues there. Bill O'Brien sneaks in, but we just don't have a lot of confidence. No J.J. Watt. Deshaun Watson's getting pressured all the time. It was just a typical Thursday, late season, intradivisional slop fest. That's kind of what it was last night. Yes, it was a classic Thursday night football game, as I like to call it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And we're seeing some trends, too. Some teams that are starting to trend up, surprisingly so. And some teams that uh, we're starting to have to reevaluate. So let's get after it. Let's start with... The Saints at home against the Panthers. They came off a good win last week against Tampa Bay Bucks. They should have won that. They are favored by nine and a half in this one. That's a pretty big number, but considering I think they had a little wake-up call with the Falcons a couple weeks ago, I think that was good for them. They got a little check, and now I think they realize, okay, we got the check. It's over now. Kyle Allen turned the ball over a ton. They scored just three points last week against the Falcons, so I actually I think the nine and a half is okay. If this was 10 and a half, I'd be worried. I think the nine and a half kind of lulls you into the Saints side. Mike, how do you feel about this number? Per Bet Lab since 2003, teams that are underdogs between eight to 10 points have covered 80% of the time. Wow. wow. That makes no sense whatsoever. But for some reason, when that number is there, you need to be very, very careful. The one that stuck out in my mind this year is when Tampa Bay went to the Rams earlier in the season. I think it was week three, and Tampa Bay had a massive performance in that game. There's a Mike Evans game. He broke out the whole thing. 
Um, or maybe it's the second game he broke out, but that's the one that I remember. I am going to take the points here with Carolina. My argument is things are never as bad as they seem. Yes, the Saints are going to win. Yes, they're coming home. Certainly that was a big win last week. Still no Marshawn Lattimore. Maybe Kyle Allen will be okay. I just think the number is too high. That's my argument. Well, the Lattimore absence is a good reason to think that that nine and a half is is doable because still DJ Moore has been very good. Curtis Samuel has been underutilized. We all know how good McCaffrey is. And look, despite the turnovers, Allen still threw for more yards than he had all season in that game. So, you know, go figure. So we know he can throw the football, but that's that's an interesting stat. You might you might have swayed me a little bit. Now I'm afraid of this game. I was confident. Now, now you have the fear of God in me, and now I don't know. So the number is 46 and a half. I'm feeling if you think they keep it close, then this goes over, correct? Yeah, I like the over. I think they're going to score. Kamara looks right. He had a couple weeks off. He's going to go nuts against that Carolina run defense, which yeah. is a sieve. But Carolina does have the linebackers. I think their secondary will play better. I like the over. I think Carolina will put a point. You mentioned DJ Moore on the carpet is going to be super fast. Of course, it's Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, a lot of points in this game. Going to score. Give me the over, and I'll take the, the points with Carolina. All right, Denver Broncos going to Buffalo. Buffalo at home favored by three and a half. Um, I think Buffalo's another team that, you know, they had their bye. They came out flat against Miami ever since. I feel like they've been playing pretty good football. Josh Allen's been outstanding. He's the new Cam Newton. Uh, The Broncos last week, I was very impressed that they went into Minnesota and played as well as they did, but they only played half a game. And then the other half, they got trounced by Minnesota. So I guess the question is here, is the three and a half, is that half point give you pause, Mike? Or do you feel that uh, Buffalo can win this one a little bit more handily? The half point gives me a little bit of pause. I got to be honest. The half point gives me pause because Vic Fangio has done a superb job with this defense, which we would expect. They kind of self-destructed in Minnesota, but the Buffalo run defense is terrible. It so is. the Broncos should be able to run. We heard right before kickoff last week that Philip Lindsay is now the lead running back there. He got about 65% of the touches. Not a huge Brandon Allen guy, but he has made Noah Fant relevant. I think it's too much. I'm going to take the points. Remember, Buffalo and New England, two teams that have fantastic records, have really not beaten anyone substantial. I feel differently about both of those teams. But Buffalo home, I'm not ready to just start shipping points here with Josh Allen, especially when Chris Harris will obviously, I think, limit John Brown, which was really their main weapon against Miami last week. Yeah, uh, that's a good look there. 37 and a half is the number, Mike. Where do you feel about that one? It's a stay away 2017, right? It's just the Bills don't turn you over as a defense. They just limit you. So when I'm not dealing with a defense, it's going to be over the top with sacks and quarterback hits and just plays good fundamental positional defense. I'm not going to jump on the under here. It's kind of a stay away. All right, let's go to the next one here. Detroit Lions and Washington Redskins. So the Lions, I got to say, Driscoll's played all right. He's he's run around a little bit, too. Chris and I talked about him on yesterday's show. In case you missed it, go back and listen to the pre-snap DFS preview with Chris Meany and myself. Uh, good content there yesterday. But we both like Driscoll a lot. He's run around a little bit. He's found the open guy. He's made some throws. Washington, I feel like, has basically folded up the tents. It's always tough when you're a home underdog. And they are in this game. They're, Washington is a home three-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. Uh, I understand the Lions have... A lack of a running game would be a kind way to put it, but I feel like the Redskins have basically just, they've packed it in now. That's it. Like they're done. I think you'll see some guys in this one. That would be the smart thing to do is to give him 15 carries and see what happens and see what you're going to have in this guy going forward and start to evaluate some talent. 
So do you think that Haskins can do enough with this offense here to make this a more competitive game? Or do you think this is a Lions get right game here in a season that's probably going in the wrong direction anyway? I really want to bet Washington here. I love the spot. The spread is small. People are betting on Detroit. It's just the Ryan Finley corollary with Dwayne Haskins. I just don't think he's very good. He's always good for a turnover. I think the game's close. I think Geis is going to do a lot of things. Adrian Peterson on the ground against a poor run defense of the Lions. But the Lions should be able to also run the ball, even with both Scarborough, against the Redskins. This is a bet because I don't trust Haskins with the turnovers yet against the Lions. I will take the Lions and give the points. Okay, and uh, going to the line here is 40 and a half. So where are you here with this one? I'm going to go over. I think they're going to score some points. You get Geis involved. He had his first career touchdown from Haskins, who had his first career touchdown. Peterson, Terry McLaurin, they got enough weapons to put some points up against the Lions, and I think the Lions are certainly going to score in the Redskins. I will go with the over. Peterson's banged up. He might not be a go in this game, too. So keep a close eye on that and see how that trends as we get to the weekend here as we're recording on Friday. Let's see what happens. If, Friday if, that's, the case, if that's the case, then I love Geis in, in DFS, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we talked, we talked about that same thing yesterday. Like if that he is a perfect flex guy, especially on DK, because he can't catch the football. All right. Miami Dolphins travel to Cleveland and the Cleveland Browns. All of a sudden now the Cleveland Browns are double digit favorites. Look, the Dolphins have played better football. I know the Dolphins are not a good football team, but minus 11 for the Browns? Uh, I don't know about this. This seems like they're basically begging me to go on the other side. I I don't know, Mike. I got to tell you, I feel like the Dolphins can cover this. I really do, especially with Fitzpatrick playing quarterback. Parker's played well. They don't run the football at all, so all they do is throw all day long. I don't love the Cleveland Browns, and God knows they have trouble in the red zone converting. So I feel like this is another one where you look at it and you go, Uh, 11 seems like a big number for Cleveland to cover. I would normally agree, but I hate, and you know, the numbers play this out. Miami going to cold games late, late in the year. So now we have a bad Miami team with a bad defense, shorthanded, right? No Preston Williams running back situations, a mess going to Cleveland. I understand that no miles Garrett. We certainly know that's the case. But I will give the points here in this case. I think the OBJ game is coming, and I think it happens here. He lights up that secondary. John Brown did. Why can't Odell Beckham do that? I agree with all the reasons you said. It is high. It's Miami. Why are the Browns now favored by 10? But I do think they put a couple in here, and they win this one very comfortably. You know what scares me about this game? Jakeem Grant. Because yeah. I feel like that's, that's, yep. that's the thing. It's like they, they might not play. They, all these things might come to fruition, but that one return he has puts them in a, either a position or he runs back a touchdown, and all of a sudden you go, ooh. <laughs> and then there goes that, there goes that number. It yep. just gets blown away because that's the touchdown you're not counting for. And yep. that's one of these guys, too. Last year he got hot. If you remember, he had a couple games where he, he rattled off a couple of those huge returns. Sure. So he's one of those dudes when he's starting to feel it and he's healthy. He's a menace. Uh, 45 and a half is the number. I like the over in this one. How about you? Absolutely. Could be, yeah. oh, it could be Baker Mayfield's best fantasy game of the season. Yeah. Uh, let's hope. Look, if it ain't here, you know, a couple weeks ago, I thought it was going to be, and yep. he let me down. I'm going to go back to that. Well, one more time. If he, if he does it again, I swear to God, I'm breaking up with him. Like I swear <laughs> to God, that's it. No more. All right. New York giants travel to Chicago and they are six point underdogs here and i don't know about this one mike i i am struggling with this one because the bears are another team i understand they have a lot of personnel on defense but 
This defense has not been good against running backs. They're giving up 120 plus yards of running backs over the last six weeks. And Saquon Barkley is not on the injury report this week. Not at all. So coming off a bye, not on the injury report. Somebody tell me why this number is six, because I feel like that's a lot. I'm not saying the Giants are a good football team. They're not. They have a lot of issues on defense, but the Bears have enough issues on offense where I don't get this number. And all of a sudden there's such a separation in this game. Heard you talk about this with Chris and you're right on the money. Saquon Barkley is not on the injury report. His price is really low in DFS. The Bears have made mistakes. It's still Trubisky. You can run on them with no Hakeem, Hakeem Nicks. I don't like it. I'm taking the points. Makes no sense to me. Giants coming off a bye. I know Danny Dimes turns the ball over, which is not great against the Bears, but I think this is a very close game, so I'll grab those points. Absolutely agree with you. All right, and the number's 39 and a half, so I would – this is this is like right on the – I kind of run away from this, the 39 and a half, because it's like right where I would – It's right there. Yeah, yeah, 2017, 21. Whenever you say, okay, that's right there, I feel like that's enough to run away, but the six I think is enough where I think the Giants get – I do. You know, I Daniel agree. Jones has some moments, and he has shown that Slayton can catch some touchdowns. Golden Tate's very, you know, very solid in there. This is all about Saquon Barkley and a healthy Saquon Barkley. Let's not forget they went into Tampa and they score all kinds of points in that game. Now, granted, Tampa's secondary is not very good, but their run defense is. And it's the opposite here. So if Saquon can have a good game, I have I have a real issue with, with this number. I really do. Next Absolutely. one here, Oakland Raiders going to New York, take on the Jets. So they're traveling, but at the same time, I know it's supposed to be some rain in this game, so it might be a little messy, like a little sloppy and stuff like that. I always say rain doesn't bother me nearly as much as wind. I want the wind is the thing that like that can knock balls down. That can really change the dynamic of a lot of stuff. Rain, you know, it's rain. You throw the football in the rain. It's not a big deal. Wind is a killer. Yep. Wind is the killer to me when it's really high winds. Like we saw a couple weeks ago was that uh, was actually in that uh, game with uh, the Patriots and Eagles. There was a ton of wind in that game. You saw that score get suppressed because of it. Um, so the Jets are three point underdogs at home. Can the Raiders go in there and continue this playoff uh, pursuit that they're in? Because I feel like they're starting to gain confidence and I just don't buy the Jets at all. The last sign of a great team is they have to destroy teams that they're supposed to destroy. The Raiders did not do that last week against a terrible Bengals team with no wins at home. Now they go cross country against the Jets. The Jets can stop the run. They stopped the run against the Patriots. They stopped the run all year. So we've now limited the Raiders to basically Carr, Terrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, and Waller. Look deeper. The Jets are really good against tight ends. And the Raiders' defense, which was fantastic against the run in DVOA on Football Outsiders, is no longer great against the run. I love the Jets in this spot. I love them at home. I think the Raiders have done a lot with given their talent level. They've really surprised this year, but I am not at the point where as soon as the Raiders play a team that they're better than, I ship it. I certainly don't do that. I think Darnold makes some plays against their secondary, and I like that I'm getting the points. I really like the Jets in this game. All right, the number's 46 and a half. So do you think that's an over or an under? That's an under for me. Uh, You know, I think that the Jets defense is the most, the Jets run defense is the most trustworthy part of this game, which means they're going to limit Josh Jacobs, who makes everything go for the Raiders here. I'm just not at the point, Joe, where I'm taking Derek Carr on the road against a team that's going to stop the run. If Jacobs can run like we saw against Green Bay, they can be dangerous. But if you're going to stop him and make Carr make plays, I kind of like the Jets, and I think Darnold's coming around. All right, moving on to the next one here. You got the Steelers and Bengals. Yeah, gross. 
this, I hate this game, Mike. I got to tell you, I don't understand. The Steelers are six and a half point favorites, but they got no Connor. They got no Juju. They got no Deontay Johnson. Mason Rudolph is not very good at quarterback. Uh, Joe Mixon's played better for the Bengals, but their defense stinks. Tyler Boyd's chirping for the ball. There's a lot of things going on here. And I got to be honest with you, 38 and a half. I look at that number that I like. I like the under here. I'm thinking that's the under because I feel like there's a lot of ineptitude in this game and it's going to be pretty sloppy. But the six and a half, that's I mean, there's so many different ways this game could go and play itself out. This is another one where it's almost a pass for me personally. If I had to choose, I actually think the Bengals cover at home the six and a half. I actually think somehow they do. I don't think they're going to win this football game, but I think they can cover against the Steelers who are going on the road. And frankly, they're going there without a lot of talent. Not only going there without Juju and all the offensive weapons, Connor, they're also going without Pouncey, right? He's suspended. So now we have a rivalry game, which we had Atlanta versus New Orleans, where you have a team in the Bengals who are making their last stand. Joe Mixon has played better. The Steelers aren't very good. Mason Rudolph isn't very good. Mike Tomlin, as per Bet Labs, is terrible in these spots. When he's a favorite on the road, he's awful. Where Tomlin is great, he's a let's-go guy, meaning where he's great is when he rallies the troops as an underdog, particularly at home. I think it's a low-scoring game. I agree with you on the under. I want the points. I agree with you on that. And I think the Bengals have a chance to win it outright. At some point, I think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to go 0-16. And in a rivalry game, this is pretty much their season right now, unless you want to count Week 16 against Miami. But everything lines up. No center, no receiver, no running back, bad quarterback, rivalry game on the road. It says 17-16 written all over it. You got it. And I think it could be the Bengals. Yeah, it could be. It definitely could be. But I think the Bengals can cover this one. I really do. Seahawks at Eagles. Now, look, the Seahawks coming off a huge overtime win on the road in San Francisco in overtime. Then they have the bye. I'm worried they're going to come out a little flat in this one. I really am. Uh, They are one and a half point underdogs to the Eagles, which I actually found that surprising. That's where the number is right now. Keep an eye on that as it trends. The Eagles defense has played very well lately. Their run defense was very good when they went up there to Minnesota, despite the fact they had to deal with two running backs. They played well. Eventually they got tired because they had the two backs. They could really run them into the ground. But other than that, they played pretty well. They stopped the Patriots last week. Granted, the Patriots have some issues on offense, but still they stopped the Patriots. So to me, I look at this one and I feel like this is almost like from a betting standpoint, Mike, they're basically begging you to take the favorite here. Do you think that's the smart way? Because it feels like a game that the Seahawks go on the road, lay a turd, and basically everybody goes, oh, see, we don't know week to week what anybody is. They just went and beat the 49ers. Now they lost the Eagles. That seems to be the 2019 season in a nutshell. I feel like this could be another one of those games. Do you feel the same way? Preach, Joe. Preach. I love the Eagles here. I wish Seattle was a one-point favorite because then this could be the upset special. Eagles looked solid defensively against the Patriots. Here comes Seattle off a bye. They're going to be a little shaky. Eagles are going to limit Chris Carson. I think you're going to see a lot of Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Wentz. I think Peterson dials one up here. Absolutely love the Eagles in this spot for all the reasons you said. Completely agree. 47 and a half. Where are you at with that number? That's That's an awful lot. Yeah, a lot of points for me. I think it's a little high. I'm going to go under. Yep. I would go under as well on that one. Now, this next one is fascinating. Because of the fact that it's happening now. And what's happening now, just like it's baseballs, everything that's happening now is happening now. When do we miss it? When? Soon? Maybe. Just now. 
Falcons at home, three and a half point favorites against the Bucs. Now, the Falcons defense was a joke up until the last two weeks. Last two weeks, they haven't given up an offensive touchdown. The last two weeks, they've sacked the quarterback. The last two weeks, they've created turnovers. They've given up a total of 12 points. The Buccaneers turned the ball over a ton anyway. All of a sudden, when they took the play calling away from Dan Quinn, now all of a sudden the Falcons defense has shown up and been good. I got to tell you, this 51 and a half, I feel like this is this could be an under. I'm I'm terrified of this number now. This looked like an easy 51 and a half a couple weeks ago. Now, I don't know what to think of this one. I want to start with this 51 and a half. Do you, I mean, when does it go from a one-off to a trend here where we start to believe in the Falcons defense? Well, I believe in it because I've seen enough of it. I think they're going to pressure Winston. He's always good for turnovers. My question to you is, do you think even if that happens, given that Tampa Bay is throwing the ball a million times a game, could garbage time get this over number? You know what? I mean, it's possible, but Drew Brees didn't. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's the true. Panthers weren't able to. It's it's difficult because they have the wide receivers to do it, and that's the unknown. It's like, yeah, they're using that one catch from Mike Evans or or Chris Godwin to make it happen. But they're another team that fails to run the football. It, this is a really messy game now all of a sudden. This was a lock for the over, and I wonder from a fantasy perspective, I mean, when you look at it, let's just say you add all the points they've given up, all right, and you and you put it all together here, and you say, oh, okay, they've given up 12 points. Let's say Let's give them 19. If you're giving the Bucks like 19-20, okay, well, and let's say the Falcons score 30. That's still under. So basically, you trust the Atlanta offense. The question is you don't trust Tampa Bay. That's I'm, the issue. Yeah. That, the question is how much do I trust the Falcons defense now? And after four quarters, I thought fluke. After eight quarters, I'm thinking trend. And, I'm, and I'm, I think that this is a big potential to get burned in this game if you don't think of it as a trend. I'm just saying I – I'm I'm afraid of this one. <laughs> and I wasn't normally this would be where I want to put all of my DFS money a couple weeks ago. Now I don't want any of it in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I here's the thing. I'm definitely gonna take Atlanta in this game because I'm buying in Matt Ryan, besides those two games, the one he got hurt in the Saints, he's thrown for over 300 yards in eight consecutive he's been games. Great. Big dating back to, to last year. So I'm buying the Atlanta offense putting big time points up against Tampa Bay. I'm talking 24 or more. So it comes down to Tampa Bay's offense. I would probably lean a yes on this one and think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I do see your point, though, but I, I like Atlanta a lot in this game. That's the one I'm sure of. Listen, Winston's going to turn it over, especially when the Atlanta defense has been doing such a great job with the sacks and interceptions the last couple of weeks. All right. Uh, the number is Falcons by three and a half. Do you think that's comfortable? Yeah, I'm going to take Atlanta. That one I like more than the over-under. I agree. This could I be agree. sketchy because late, you know, with your late season games in the division, these are teams that know each other, tends right. to be close to the vest. So Especially the second time around they play. Second time around, absolutely. But the one I like is Atlanta. I think they do find a way to get this one by, you know, six or more. And if you're looking for, for instance, go look at Thursday night's game, last night's game against yep. the uh, yep. Colts and Texans. Look at that first one compared to the, you know, the scoring of that one compared to last night. A lot less yep. score. Perfect. <laughs> so, Perfect example. Uh, Jaguars at Titans. The Titans are three and a half point favorites in this one. That seems like a lot to me. I mean, basically, whenever you see, you know, three, it's kind of like it's just like a default number there for the home team. But they give them the three and a half. Now, Tannehill's played well. Uh, Foles is back now. They did not give Fournette the ball enough. This seems like a real grind kind of game, as usual, that like these two teams would play. So, do you feel comfortable enough with the Titans of three and a half, or would you rather take the Jaguar side and give yourself a little cushion? 
you know, the interesting thing here is the Titans have basically they, their pass defense has actually been pretty decent. It's the run defense that's been a problem. So I think you're going to see a big Leonard Fournette game here. I do like the fact that Nick Foles in the second half there when they needed points last week, Nick Foles was going four wide receiver spreads, all those things, trying to mix it up a little bit. You had Keelan Cole on the field. You ended up having D.D. Westbrook with him as well at the same time. Of course, D.J. Chark. So, yeah, I like the points in this game. Again, Tennessee's a team that wins when you think they won't and doesn't win when you think they're going to. So Jacksonville, rivalry, defense, I think they show up here. It's a very close game, so I'm going to grab the points. Got to watch out for the Derrick Henry explosion that they had last year. But assuming yeah. that they're ready for that, they don't let that happen again. I'm given that it's Foles, given that the offense seems to be opening up a little bit, and the fact that Fournette should be able to run on Tennessee, all those reasons, I'll take Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm on with you. I take the points with the Jags there. 41 and a half is the number. So if they avoid that big Derrick Henry game, you would imagine this goes under, right? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, they ought to avoid that game with him. If they stop him, they should be okay. All right, moving on. Dallas Cowboys at New England Patriots, one of only two four o'clock games. So you're getting basically standalone football from four o'clock on. And uh, look, New England at home is always a, a good football team. They they desperately need to get back in that building. <laughs> I tell you, between the Baltimore game and then last week against the Eagles, they desperately need to get home with the home crowd juice. If ever a team needed to get home, it's the Pats right now. They struggle in the red zone. Now, here's the thing. Do you believe the Patriots' defense is going to stop the Cowboys' offense? If you do, it would seem like the Patriots, the six and a half, is a good number. Well, my the, here's how I look at this. I think the Cowboys can absolutely get pressure with their front four on Brady, which, of course, is the only way that you somehow slow this offense. You're going to get win back on the offensive line, so that should absolutely help with the Patriots. But I think that their front group there, Demarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn especially, who's played fantastic, I think he has eight and a half sacks after missing the first two games, they should be able to get pressure on Brady. Of course, the Patriot defense is going to slow down the Cowboys. There's no doubt about that. Jason Garrett versus Bill Belichick. Are we even having this discussion show right now? But I, I like the under, but I also like the six and a half because I think this game is very close and nothing I've seen, partner, tells me that the, the Patriots are going to light this game up. They, they've struggled on offense. They're banged up now. Sanu, the Cowboys should come ready to play. I think the six and a half is too much. I, of course, would take the Patriots to win the game, but I especially like the under because the Patriots are going to slow the Cowboys. And I do think the Cowboys, with the Patriots' offensive problems, will be able to slow their offense a little bit. Patriots are getting Isaiah Wynn back, which is an enormous addition to this offensive line. We'll see what kind of impact that makes. I'll say this. If the Patriots get a defensive touchdown, I think they cover this number. Yeah, that's a good one. I like but that. It's a good one. If they don't, they're not going to. So it's whether or not you believe that's going to happen. Now, if you look at the trends of that, that's been the trend. The trend is that they, <laughs> they score on defense. They find a way to do that. And Dak's played very well. This is not a knock on Dak at all. But at the same time, I just feel like they're going to – they have Stefan Gilmore, who's one, you know, one of the premier corners in the league, who I think is going to shut down Cooper, who is not 100%. And yeah. you're going to make Dak beat you with the rest of the guys, which is doable, but I think a lot harder against this defense than other defenses. So I'm going to go with the whole Belichick at home. They get that juice at home. And I think it's good. I think the Dallas Cowboys is going to be a popular. I'm curious, where's the money on this one? There's oh, money well. gone on the Cowboys side, I imagine, right? Well, that's that's what's funny, man. If you look at the numbers here, it started with 
68, 70% of the bets coming in on the Patriots because it's still the Patriots. The Patriots are home. Now it's down to about 62% on the Patriots, but still 64% of the money. And the line has dropped. It opened at seven. Now it's down to what, six and a half, six, somewhere in there. So that's the point is people are still hammering the Patriots at home as they should. Okay. If Garrett's smart, He'll let Dak Prescott run because obviously Lamar Jackson had a huge game against that. He can't run the bat elk, but he's got to be mobile and throw this defense off. The question is, is Jason Garrett smart? Yeah, and uh, I think we all know the answer to that one. And he's certainly not (laughs) smarter than Bill Belichick at the very least. Even if he is smart, I'll give him that he's smart. But is he Bill Belichick smart? Probably not. And they do have – it's funny. They have the kind of personnel to stop guys like him. You know, they have the personnel to stop guys. The problem is Lamar Jackson is is just in a whole other universe. So the Jamie Collins of the world who are very good at spying the quarterback. Yes. All of a sudden, you you know, it's like Lamar Jackson is just not your typical running quarterback. <laughs> He's just this freak of nature. What, what, what switched me on this one is I just didn't like the Patriots offense there against the Eagles. No. Oh, Coming off a bye, I expected in the Reds. Right. He's exactly right. I, I want Gronk. I want AB. I want everybody back. I mean, there it is not good, but – you know, well, Gronk's dancing with the Laker girls. He can't come. Back. I know. I don't blame him. I'd be dancing with the Laker girls too if I was him. All right, uh, going over <laughs> to the Sunday night game: Packers at 49ers. 49ers are three point favorites here at home. Considering how the Packers struggled with the pass rush of Bosa and Ingram a couple weeks ago with the Chargers, I imagine they would struggle here with the 49ers as well because I think this pass rush is even better. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Do you believe that the 49ers are a, a safe three point favorite against Green Bay? No, I'm getting nervous with the 49ers. They're kind of like the Bills in that they really haven't beat a lot of great teams, and they've struggled at home in certain games. I like the Packers. Rodgers getting right here. They're going to come in coming off a bye. They have a lot of weapons. Their pass defense is very strong. George Kittle is still banged up. He's probably going to play maybe, but he's banged up. If he doesn't play, it's a disaster, and it's not a coincidence that their running game has suffered when Kittle has been out. So I like the Packers. I like the points here. I think the, the Niners have been doing it with smoke and mirrors a little bit. I question who they've beaten, and I like Green Bay coming in here and, and getting those points. Three's a lot to me. Yep. All right. Uh, and the number is 47 and a half. Where are you at with that one? Uh, flip a coin, partner. I'll take the under, but probably <laughs> stay away. Yeah. Yeah. I think stay away too on that one. Last but not least, Monday night, Baltimore Ravens at Rams. Uh, Rams are three point home underdogs here against the Ravens, who've been very good. Now, it would not shock me. If the Ravens have a hiccup here, this is exactly the kind of game where you go, wow, this is another easy one, you know, and exactly where the hiccups happen. I'm staying away from this one personally, because the Ravens are rolling right now. And sometimes when teams are rolling, they get caught on the road, sometimes napping. And I feel like some, this is like the perfect thing. Now, granted it is in LA where there's not much of a home field advantage, but you know, at a certain point, if, if they are going to continue to hand the ball off to Todd Gurley 20 something times a game instead of 15, I think that puts the Rams in better positions to win football games. So do you think this is just another Raven romp on the road here? Or do you think that the Rams can make this one a little bit more competitive and keep it closer than the three? Yeah, I think they keep it close and they're trying in practice to mimic Lamar Jackson. How do you do that? I have no idea. I'm just done picking against the Ravens. I, I did it against the Bengals a couple weeks ago. That was a mistake. I thought maybe they'd be sleepy coming off the Patriot game. All the numbers I told you coming off Patriot games, teams don't do well. Lamar Jackson is that type of a talent. And I just don't think you can recreate it. Jalen Ramsey is the biggest weapon there for the Rams, but who's he going to guard? Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews will run all over the seam. The best unit for me, Joe, in this game is the Ravens defense. Since they've gotten Mark 
Marcus Peters. They are locked down there in the secondary. Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, they're excellent. The Rams are shorthanded. Robert Woods wasn't there last week. Who knows what his deal is? Brandon Cooks, where is he? Still dealing with the concussion. The Rams are very limited. I don't trust their offense. I think the Ravens defense is the most reliable unit. And if you're betting on the Rams defense, stopping Lamar Jackson for the entire game, I just don't see that happening. So it's not big enough for me to take the Rams. I will take the Ravens and stay with them. All right, it's time for Upset Special. It's time to get back on the wagon here. We went over last week. This is only the second time all year. In 11 weeks, we went over. We always get one, if not two. So last time we went over, we came back with a twofer. And we made up for lost time. So I want to go two for again. Mike, I'm going to give the floor to you. The board is yours. Where are you going with the upset special this week? I'm going with the Jets. I'm going with the Jets at home. I just don't think the Raiders of the ilk where they're a team that you can rely week in, week week out to beat teams that are, are worse than them on paper. The Jets offense has been playing better. Le'Veon Bell. Raiders defense has sort of been stagging off here, and the Jets' run defense is great. Remember, this is a Jets team that beat the Cowboys at home. Here come the Raiders. Cross country did not look great. Very sleepy against the Bengals. Give me the Jets here as the underdog to pull the upset. All right. In the theme of 2019, where you never know week to week what a team looks like, I'm going to go with the Jaguars in the three and a half on the road. Why not? I mean, yeah, they got their doors blown off in Indianapolis. So what? They're going to go in there and beat Tennessee, and you're going to scratch your head and go, but wait, what happened? I thought... But didn't they? Yeah, that's right. They did. And it doesn't matter because it's any given Sunday. And I'll tell you what, I think Jacksonville gets back to Fournette. I think they get rolling. I think uh, Foles will throw for enough yardage here to get this W. And I think the Jaguars not only will cover, but can possibly win this football game as well. So those are the upset specials. Uh, We wish you luck here in your weekend of wagering here in the NFL. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at LineStar app at LineStar NFL. Go over to LineStar.com and go get your premium package today and upgrade yourself to the premium package because I'm telling you right now, if you are playing DFS for football, for NBA, for MLB, whatever it is, they have the best tools out there in the business. And speaking of tools, me and Mike Randall, you can follow us on Twitter too, at Joe Pizapia17, at Randall Rant. We're a good time. If you enjoy the show, we encourage you to subscribe and like it and give it five stars and write a nice little message. Mike and Joe make me laugh and win me money. That's the best. So, That'll do it for us. We hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. Enjoy the games. The pre-snap is over, so it's time to break the huddle. There's nothing left to do now except set down win. You've been listening to the pre-snap podcast weekly wagering show brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, drop a rating, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from wagering experts Joe Pizapia and Mike Randall. 